Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to this insane week that where we're putting out an episode every day this week. I think, Chris, I'm driving you crazy. No, not at all. I just, um, I'm covered in poison ivy right now. On Saturday morning, I cleared the back fence row and I got poison ivy uh, all over one of my arms and it's driving me insane. I'm on a lot of Benadryl. Well, it's just part of living in the South. That's and, it. you know, today's guest... Bruce Allen would tell you one thing, and that would be, get to work. Well, I will do my best to get to work, (laughs) but I'm going to rely on you to tell folks about this episode. Tell us about Bruce. Uh, Bruce, I, you know, Bruce was uh, one of my instructors at Centenary. I'm sure he taught you too. And Bruce um, tells a story about a time before he was a teacher when he was trying to figure out what to do with his life and um, a very big mistake he made while he was a, a drug rep. He was selling drugs. Legal drugs. Wholesaling drugs. (laughs) Well, uh, listen to this story. It's a really fantastic perspective on, um, um, you know, the kind of salesman's life that we read about in great works of American literature and what happens when a young artist is confronted with the possibility of that life uh, as his life's path. Um, When I was in college at Centenary College, I, um, I got married the weekend before I graduated, and that wasn't the mistake. I mean, it was one of many mistakes I made, but that's not the one I'm going to talk about. <laughs> in, the, uh, in, in the time that after I graduated, I had applied for graduate school because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to go come back to Centenary and teach, which eventually I did, which was a, a great thing in my life. But in the meantime, my professor at the time, Willard Cooper, found me a job working for Morrison Dixon. It's a wholesale drug company that's still here in town. And at the time, they were situated in the building where Remington Suites is right now, downtown. And they were a wholesale drug distributor, sold all sorts of drugs and sundries to every drugstore between Jackson, Louisiana, or Jackson, um, Mississippi, and all the way down to Houston and all over the place. They're a big drugs sales place. And they also had um, a sporting goods store as well, or sporting good wholesale. Anyway, I worked there for a little while. My job to begin with, since I was an artist, was to help with their ads. They had ads that they would do in the um, pharmacies that, that they would sell to. And they had a little paper that they would send out once a week that had the TV shows. It was called the TV Watchdog, and I drew a little dog, and I I put these things together. And this was at the cusp of the beginning of the uh, digital age. Uh, They didn't have computers that could do this kind of work, where you had to cut with a little knife and glue things down and make them straight. It was a a real pain, and I wasn't very good at it. But But I worked at that, and I also packed boxes and did a few little travel around delivering things. And, and I worked there while I was waiting to go to grad school, because another one of my small mistakes was applying to only one school when I graduated from college, <laughs> thinking that um, good things happen to good people, and you apply where you want to go. Actually, uh, Sarah Aber actually went to that school. 
<laughs> out of centenary, so I'm a little jealous of her. But uh, I had to wait an extra year since I didn't get in. I had a year, and I was married, and I needed to keep a job, so I continued to work at Morris Dixon. And one day, uh, the president or the owner, Alan Dixon, called me into his office. He says, one of our salesmen has um, contracted glaucoma, and he can't drive anymore. He was one of their top salesmen. He'd worked there for 30 years, never taken a vacation. His um, area was all of East Texas, basically. And he was going to divide up his area, but he was going to give me part of that area and let me become a drug salesman, which any of you who know me know that that's probably not a good idea, but <laughs> for some reason he trusted me and he felt like I could take this job and I could do something. And so I took a portion of his route, which was East Texas, but he said, in, a, in addition to that, and I'm not going to pay you commission yet, I'm just going to give you a set salary, and once you pass that salary with your sales, then you'll, you'll be able to make more money. And um, so anyway, my route was East Texas, and he said, but you also need to do some missionary work for us. You're going to have to go up to Arkansas and try to talk those those little pharmacies up in, in the Queen and Ashtown and all over north, southern Arkansas, um, they, they, need to, they need to buy our, our um, drugs from us because we have a really good discount. And they did have a very good discount at the time. It was something I, I could believe in. You could get a 20% 20 20 discount <laughs> if you bought $500 worth of any one item. And that's a good deal. <laughs> I understood that, and, and every other wholesale drug company would their offer maybe 2% discount at the most on their wholesale prices. And so I could say, I, could, I felt, well, I can do this. I can go up there. I can talk to people, even though it's hard for me to talk to people. I can talk to them, and I can give them this deal, and they'll, they'll, they'll do all right. So I worked at this job for a month, couple of months. And every week, I would make a trip to East Texas, and I would visit Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker was the salesman whose job I was taking. And he lived, he stayed at home. He couldn't drive because he had glaucoma. He had to take drops, and so for two days or something, you can't drive. And anyway, he was getting more and more depressed as the days went by and weeks. And I would talk to the pharmacists that were his friends, tell him how he was doing, and tell him how they were doing. After a couple of months, um, I knocked on his door, lived in Longview, Texas, and, and I heard a commotion in the back. And the, I, did, I, I heard someone come to the door, and, and a lady opened the door who I didn't know who she was. She wasn't Mrs. Baker, who normally opened the door when I came. And she said, well, Mr. Baker's just shot himself. And he's back here, and she led me to the back, and Mrs. Baker, was pounding on my chest saying, what's going on with Mr. Baker? Where's Mr. Baker? And I, well, I don't know. Just let me see what's going on. I went to the back, and sure enough, Mr. Baker was on his bed in his underwear, leaning back with his brains on the bed and still shaking. And I was shaking, too. And, uh, and it was a very traumatic experience. And the lady left that was there and left me with Mrs. Baker. And I didn't know what to do. I called back to the to the office and they said, well, can you find an address book? I found an address book. I called her daughters and sons and anybody else I could find. And finally, 
accompanied her to the hospital. And when the, when the daughters came, I, I left and went back to the office and continued my job with uh, Morrison-Dixon. And that was very traumatic. I can still see it to this day. Well, that's sort of a precursor. As I kept working at this job and doing my best, I was a newly married young man at the time. And I felt I couldn't stay away from home overnight. All the other salesmen would, would drive all week and they'd come back on Friday, and then they'd go out again on the next week. And I came back every night. I drove to Paris, Texas and came back. I drove to, to Queen and all the way to Stuttgart, Arkansas and drove back. I was driving a lot. And so I came back every day. And one Thursday or one Friday morning, I'd go into the office before I leave to go up to Arkansas. Friday was my day to go to Arkansas. So uh, every day the people in the office would put deal sheets, little sheets that would tell you what kind of special deals there were that you could sell to a, to a pharmacy, whether they're selling TV sets cheap or, or the drug, some drug company might be making a special deal. And, and I got the sheet and it was a sheet from Eli Lilly. And Eli Lilly sells all the um, insulin products. So it's a big deal. They also sold at the time Darvon, which was the number one drug in America. It was a painkiller. Everybody took Darvon <laughs> in those days. And it was a great deal. It was like 50% off if you bought, you know, a, a big batch of Darvon at your, <laughs> at your pharmacy. And I thought, well, this is a great deal. Look, they get 50% off. <laughs> And then I give them another 20% off because they're definitely going to buy over $500 worth of it. And so I thought, well, this is a great deal. Well, the, there was a small print at the bottom of this sheet that, that, that I picked up on that Friday morning. And it said, do not break before midnight on that day. And I thought, well, look, fine. I won't sell anything before midnight. I'll just tell them to order it in the morning. So I went up to Arkansas. I handed out these little sheets to all the pharmacies that I was trying to get to buy stuff from Morrison Dixon. And, uh, and I thought, well, great, they're gonna buy a lot of stuff. I may eventually get off of my set salary and actually make some commission money. Well, Monday morning rolls around and my trip on Monday is to go to East Texas. And my first stop is in Carthage, Texas. which That Carthage drug, a little drug store with a good friend of of Mr. Baker's. Anyway, I stop in and the pharmacist says, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Dixon wants you to call him. This was before cell phones, you know, or anything like that. He says, Mr. Dixon needs you to call him right now, he said. Don't go anywhere else, don't do anything else, call him right now. <laughs> so I called Mr. Dixon. He says, did you go up to Arkansas on Friday? I said, yeah, that's where I go on Fridays. I go up to Arkansas. He said, well, did you sell any Lily products while you're there? I said, no, I didn't sell anything. I told people what kind of a great deal we were going to have, but I didn't sell anything. We said, well, you, you get in your car and you drive back to Arkansas and you go to every place that you went on Friday and you beg them to forget who you are. <laughs> Ask them for anything that you may have given them. Please give it back to you. And then when you're done, you come back to my office. And so I was in Carthage. I drove up to the Queen and all over about nine o'clock that night, I finished this route, got back to the office, and Mr. Dixon called me in. He says, uh, "You know, Eli Lilly is a uh, is a big company, 
and they don't sell through wholesalers except on very special condition. And we are the only wholesaler in this region that has an Eli Lilly franchise. And um, you know it's worth millions of dollars to us every year. And I got a call this morning from, from the Eli Lilly people asking why we were breaking this deal early and instead of waiting until after Friday night. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I, it said on there not to break. I told them they couldn't buy anything for a month before Saturday. And he said, well, I had to promise that I would never send you out on the road again. And I went, thank God, because I, I hated that job. But um, anyway, but he didn't fire me. He let me work, and I continued to work in the in the building, and I worked until it came time for grad school. And finally, and that, that was my big mistake, but on a few days before I went away to grad school, Mr. Dixon called me in again. He says, are you sure you don't want to come stay and work for me? Because he thought I was a good worker, even though I had almost lost millions of dollars. <laughs> and he said, you know, those who can do and those who can't teach. And I said, well, I guess I can't because I'm going to teach. And I, I ended up back here teaching again. So thank you. Thanks for listening to another installment of the All Y'all podcast. Don't forget, we've got our Under the Influence event coming up on Saturday, September 13th at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse on the campus of Centenary College. This is a fundraiser benefiting the Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse of Northwest Louisiana, so please try and come out. We're kicking off the evening with a very special surprise, so you want to make sure you're in your seats by 7.30 p.m. We're also going to have live beats by Nate Tremay, um, music, I mean, uh, food at intermission by Lagniap Catering. There's going to be so much wonderful stuff at this event. Please don't miss it.